So Romans chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Even so, consider yourselves to be what? Dead to sin. Now, which self is he talking about? Right? But alive to who? Consider yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, because you are alive to God, therefore, because you are dead to sin, do not, it's an imperative, that means it's up to you. Stop blaming the devil for things that you got to do. Okay, stop, stop that. He says, do not let sin, the very thing that you are dead to, reign in your what? Mortal body so that you obey its lusts. Amen. I want to talk about today breaking old habits. Nothing will be master over me. Tell your neighbor, nothing will be master over me. I'm free. Nothing. Last week I told I talked about the very thing I hate. Amen. I'm doing the very thing that I hate. Paul writes to these believers in Rome, and you gotta know what Rome was like. Rome was a very uh destructive place for the flesh anyways uh, there was so much distractions uh, so much going on at this particular time when Paul is writing to these believers to share with them that they have a new life but sometimes our new life in our new lives, we can get caught up with old habits. Habits are sometimes hard to break. Those who struggle know the agony of not having control over yourself. You make promises to yourself. You make resolutions and you say, no, nah, I'm not going to do that no more. But isn't it amazing how... Just one incident. It was like we'll, we've been waiting for something bad to happen. So we can pick back up that bottle. Or we can pick back up that cigarette that we said we weren't going to smoke no more. Amen. Or we can get back into doing things that we say we would not do. Sometimes we're looking. It, it seems like, you know, you, you, you understand the torment, right? Uh, of being controlled. Anybody ever been controlled by something or a substance or an attitude or a mindset? You, you were so controlled by it. You were so consumed by it. Amen. That it drove you off the deep end. Do I have anybody? Psychiatrists couldn't help you. Drugs couldn't help you. Come on, somebody. Even when you tried church, amen, it didn't work. It's because 
God is very serious when he says no one can serve two masters. We cannot want to serve God and want to serve our flesh at the same time. It won't work. I believe that we have some great people in this church here today. I believe that a lot of us, though, struggle. Come on, help me. With the flesh. But I got a question for you this morning. If you have information. And you know that it's the flesh. And you know that it is your flesh sold into bondage to sin. Why is it that we still struggle? What's the real problem? Paul writes and he told, told us last week, he says that we can break these habits. He says the issue is that there's a war, a conflict going on on the inside of us. Some of us are being tormented by that conflict. Some of us, amen, we just give in and we've already waved the white flag. We have surrendered to our flesh. Amen. Not knowing that God is greater than anything that you'll ever face. But I want to ask you a question this morning. Who will be your master in 2020? And will you be able to master those things? that control you you see if you want to win the battle this battle you have to win this battle from the spiritual side you have to look at this battle from the spiritual side because a lot of us our habits amen uh, the only way that you can really get rid of them is to deal with them from a spiritual perspective. Are you with me? Paul says in Ephesians. He says in Ephesians 6. He says our battle. Is not against what? Flesh and blood. Now it's amazing how we know this. But from the time we walk out these doors. We blame the devil but it's really us. It's that hidden battle that we don't see. It's the spiritual battle you can't see it. Amen. But Paul says, listen, you got to know that we're fighting principalities and powers in high places. We're fighting a, watch this, a heavenly battle on earth. And if you peel back the curtain just a little bit on your life, you will see what the Bible says that Satan goes before God every day to accuse you of your wrong. See, see, I told you he wouldn't do right. I told you she wouldn't do right. Now, now, now condemn them. Jesus said, Jesus steps down and said, no, I paid the price. Come on, somebody. You've been redeemed. And Romans 6 and Romans 7, amen, Paul is saying, he, he's laying a case out for us to understand spiritually why we struggle with bad habits of the old nature. 
But realizing that as long as you live in this body, you're going to always struggle with something. Amen. But the key is not to condemn yourself. Not to create a situation in your mind where you feel like you're not worthy to serve God. Come on, somebody. Some of us have messed up. Come on, somebody. Amen. And the devil got you thinking, well, I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. I keep doing this and I keep doing that. And that's the reason why you're not good enough. But I want to tell you, you got to declare to Satan he's a lie. That you are more than a conqueror. In Christ Jesus. Come on somebody. That greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. That you've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer you who live but Christ who lives inside of you. That you're more than an overcomer. You can overcome anything if you apply spiritual principles. Amen. Today I decided to look back. Amen. As to what Paul said. And if you look at chapter 6, verse 1, you'll see something. He says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? In other words, what Paul is saying here in that first verse, he's saying that you've been saved by grace. And after you've been saved, you're under that grace. And what was happening in this church, he was saying, listen, now that you know you're under grace, don't take advantage of it. Amen. Because, you know, a lot of people know once saved, always saved, but then they go back to living, amen, the way they used to live. Paul says, don't take advantage of that grace. He says, may it never be. He says, how shall we who died? Come on, help me. To sin, still what? Why am I still living in sin? Oh, it's my flesh. But I thought he said we died to sin. So therefore, I have a sneaky suspicion in my sanctified imagination that it's a choice. (laughs) And I believe, saints... That sometimes, watch this, the thing that's mastering us, amen, is the very thing we love. See, I don't see that it's bad for me because I'm caught up in the experience. So if it feels good, it must be good, but if it feels good, it must be sin. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. I'm trying to talk to you. I said S-I-N. I didn't say S-E-X. <laughs> Y'all act like I said S-E-X. <laughs> well, I said, I, I, I'm serious. I, I believe that we allow, we allow things in. You know, and you and I have to make a decision this year. If we're going to break these old habits, we have to take a stand right here with this. Amen. Paul says, look what he says, look what he says in verse 3. He says, oh, do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus? And we have been baptized into his what? Death. 
Therefore, if we've been baptized, then that means we've been raised from the dead through the what? Glory of the Father, so we too might walk, tell your neighbor, walk, in the newness of life. Every day should be a new journey for us. Every day should be, listen, we have a new life. The old life is gone. We have a new life. But can I ask a question? Why aren't we experiencing the newness? And let me tell you something about the new life. It never gets old. As a matter of fact, amen, it feels so good to wake up every day with a new eyes and a new heart and to live for God. Come on, somebody. He says, positionally, we're set. Fast forward to verse 10. He says, for death that he died. He died to what? Sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to who? God. Maybe we've been living for the wrong person. See, maybe we've been living for us. So how do we break these habits? Let's look at it. He says here, verse 11. He says, for even so consider yourselves to be what? Dead to sin. Now let me tell you what the word consider there. The word consider in the Greek, the word has the idea, uh, it's an it's an, account, an accounting word. It means to calculate, to add up. It also means to add up and then enter into a ledger or Balance out the book. I'm going somewhere. He says, I want you to consider. See, I want you to take a calculated look at your life. I want you to weigh out your life in the flesh versus your life in God. Come on, somebody. And I want you to put it together because I want you to know something. That the only way that you can break these old habits, first thing is, you have to recognize who you are. Who you are now. Where? In Christ. It adds up. It adds up that you no longer have a sinful condition. Amen. It adds up that you no longer are in a helpless condition. It adds up that you're no longer a dead person walking but now you are alive with a newness of life pastor i need this newness i need freshness every day how can i get it you got to die to your flesh you have to deny your flesh but you have to recognize who you are watch this here's what you recognize here's what happens to you in this new life you have grace you have mercy you have favor You've been redeemed. You've been reconciled. Come on, somebody. You're freed from the law. Amen. Watch this. You've been adopted. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. And if you recognize who you are in Christ, you can be more than a conqueror. That can just not be a cliche that could be part of your story. Do I have anybody? 
And oftentimes what the devil does in the first 48 hours of your salvation, he tries to take you out and get you to believe lies about who you are. But you are a child of God walking in the newness of, of, your, of this life. And God wants you to know, I don't want anything but me to control you. A lot of times we don't know our identity in Christ. So we're powerless. And watch this. And here's the thing. Your change may not be apparent to others. But you have to make a calculation and see if you see the change in you. How many have been changed? Now watch this now. If you can look at your life. That's what he says. He says, consider. Consider what? Yourselves to be dead to sin. So if I'm dead to sin, why am I allowing sin to control my mind? Why am I allowing sin to control my thoughts? Why am I allowing sin to get in and cause me to miss the mark? That's what, that's what sin really means. It means to miss the mark and hit another mark. <laughs> Amen. Watch this, watch this, watch this. He says, even so, consider yourself to be dead to sin. But watch this, but alive. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody. It means what? Alive. He says what? Alive. Alive to who? To who? To God. I'm, who am I living for? Who am I living for? Saints, I want to tell you something. I want to break these habits, but I don't even know who I am. I don't even know I have the power to resist. I, I, I don't know I have the power to refrain. I, I don't know I have the power to rebuke. I don't even know I have the power, amen, to stand firm, amen, in my faith. So he says, but I want you to, Look at yourself as alive to who? God. So the next thing, not only must we recognize who we are in Christ, but, but somebody need this, a rebirth. Either rebirth or renew your relationship with God. See, the thing about God is this. Once you're saved, you're always saved. All right? So don't let Satan okey-doke you. And think that, oh, well, I'm messed up. I ain't never can get back. No, you've had a rebirth. But every now and then you got to renew the fellowship. Renew the relationship. Don't let the relationship get so bad where you feel like you can't come back to him. You are alive. Come on, somebody. And now you're not just living to please your flesh, but you're living to please God because now you have the capacity to please God. If old habits are still a problem, then you may have forgotten who you're living for. Because I believe that if you're going to live this Christian life, you can't live it to please you. You got to live it to please him. Amen. And the more you live to please God, the more your flesh dies. The more you praise him, the more your flesh gets put into submission. The more you, come on somebody, the more you worship and the more you surrender and renew that relationship, the closer you get to God. That's called sanctification. And sanctification is a 
progress or it's a process and it's proximity. I wish I had somebody. In other words, you get closer to God and the closer you get to him, the more those habits are stripping off. The more you don't have a taste for this and that. The more you don't look at this or that. The more your appetite changes because you are alive. You were a dead person walking. Now you are alive from the graveyard. When Watch this. When folk gave up on you, God says, I didn't give up on you. When folk wrote you off, God says, I'm going to bring you alive. Matter of fact, I'm going to resurrect you from the dead. The resurrection happened when we accepted Jesus Christ. And when we rose from the dead, he rose this body of ours. So now we can choose God. I'm alive, I said. Alive to God. And when you're alive to God. Come on, somebody. You start seeing it from his perspective. He gives you the Holy Spirit. He gives you that grace. Come on, somebody. He hands you down that mercy. And when the devil thought he had you, God rescued you from the slave market of sin. I wish I had somebody. Got a new life. Here's how I know I got a new life. I come to church. Come on, somebody. I ain't got no problem with that. Because I know where I'm going to meet him every Sunday. I give because guess what? I show where my heart is. Come on somebody. I serve. I can read his word. Watch this. And I can resist my flesh. Watch this. Watch habits show up. Amen. For one reason. To keep you from experiencing this life. But watch this. You can be alive and be dead at the same time. But he says, you are alive. Come on, touch somebody. Say, I'm alive. I can, you know, when you're alive, when you're alive to God, you can feel. Come on, somebody. You can feel what others feel. You can feel what others feel. You can experience what others experience. You can see life the way God sees it. Come on, somebody. You are compassionate about others. You cannot just think about you. See, we're in a me society. But when you're alive, come on, somebody. I'm talking about when you're alive to God. He says, I'm dead to sin. But notice, you have to make that calculation. It has to add up in your heart. I don't know if you're saved. But you know if you're saved. Come on, somebody. That's why he says, I want you to consider. I want you to be like an accountant. I want you to calculate everything. And when you come up with the sum total, the sum total will will be this. Oh, I know I'm alive. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. I can worship God with, watch this, with no weight in my hands. I can live and I can resist those things that have a pull on me. Come on, somebody. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Your lust and your sin is pulling you in directions you don't even want to go. And you know it's a shame when you can't even do what you want to do, but you're alive. You know what I'm talking about. Look what he says. You see, your eyes are open now. And when your eyes are open, you can enjoy the life God is giving you. See, I was dead for a long time, y'all. 
I thought what I was doing was right. Come on, somebody. I thought that right was right was wrong was right. I really did. And because it felt right. But I realized that just because it feels right, that's not fact. Because what I was operating my life upon was a feeling and not faith. And that's the reason why I was constantly disappointed because when the feeling ran out, oh, come on and help me somebody. When, 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 when you come off the high, amen. When you come back from vacation, come on somebody. Amen. When, when, when the liquor run that when, hey, come on. When all that, when you wake up the next day, feeling worse than you did Realize I lived my life on feelings and not on faith. And faith gives you hope because you're alive. Oh, I wish I had somebody. He says alive to God in. In who? In Christ Jesus. He says now therefore, verse 12. It's amazing because the next five verses, which I'll come back next week and do the next two. He says, these next verses, he says, do not, therefore, do not. How can I do that? Do Sin is so powerful. Do not let sin reign in your what? Now watch this. This word reign means to be king. But you know what the mortal body is? It's subject to death. So how are you allowing a dead thing to affect a live thing and allowing it to be king over your life? I just said something. He says, therefore, present imperative. You know what that means? Keep on doing it. I'm commanding you to do it and keep on doing it. Keep doing what? Don't allow sin to reign in your mortal body. So the next thing we got to do. What's the third thing? Resist. Rebirth. Renew. But resist sin. When it shows up. You know what sin. You've been living in sin all your life. You know what sin look like. Do I need to explain what sin look like? Amen. You could close your eyes and know when you sin. <laughs> Matter of fact. <clears throat> Matter of fact, you can walk in the room and feel it. You're like, shoot, I feel it in here. You got antennas that go up. <laughs> Remember muscle memory. Remember what I told you last week? Your sin, your your flesh remembers what it's done over. From the day you were born and over and over and over and over again. So what we got to learn to do is we have to learn how to resist it. Watch this. Sin wants to be king over your life. Amen. You will know when it shows up because it will come in your color. Your shape or shade. Size and flavor. Come on, help me somebody. It feels right. But it's wrong. 
Tell your neighbor, it's sin. I got to be sin. See, we can have fun with this. <laughs> but he says, this is what he says now. He says, but it's up to you. You know, Satan gets blamed for a lot of things. Seriously, he's like, oh, Satan did that. No, it's you. Cause you knew the, you knew the color, you knew the shade, you know, you knew the size, you know what it takes. You're like, man, shoot that man. The devil made me do it. No, it wasn't the devil. It was you. Tell your neighbor it was my mortal body. He said, don't let sin reign. Don't listen. It's time to slow down. It's time to stop. It's time to ask yourself a question. Who's king? Who's king over you? Who's reigning? You know the word reign? It comes from the word sovereign. Because if you look at the word sovereign, you see the word reign in there. And sovereignty has something to do with total control. So if sin is reigning in my mortal body, then that means I'm liking it. I'm not resisting. Listen, listen can, I tell, can I tell you this? Your, model, your mortal body is struggling. Tell the truth. How many of you got to struggle with it? But this thing is subject to death. But it has already came under the control of Christ. That's why he moves it from what Christ can do and what you can do. Watch the text. The text says, watch this. Do not let. So who, who is he saying? Who, who's responsible for that? We are. We have control. He says, do not let it. Present imperative. A command to keep on doing it now. See, here's the thing. We do it for a day and then we stop. We get, we get to slipping. Hey. And tipping. And jiving. Come on. Remember this. The pull of sin can be strong. Can I tell you, it could be strong. I'm seriously, you want to cuss somebody out. It's just strong. Strong, strong. Because you're like, dang, they did Strong pull. All right? It's so strong, you're like, man. But he says, you got to resist that thing, y'all. Sometimes you want to say something, just shut up. Just don't say nothing. Seriously, you would have saved yourself a whole lot of pain. So we got to recognize, we got rebirth, we got to resist, right? Here's the last thing, and we're going to talk about something. Look what I found to be very interesting in this passage, right? So that you may, so that you obey. It's what? Do you even know what that word is? Lust. Let me tell you what epitomio in the Greek. The word carries the idea of passion. Longing for something. The 
desiring something. So watch this. So it's a good word, but when it's under sin, it turns into a bad word. Let, let, let me let me give you an, let me show you how Satan is. let me show you how it works. Okay, the Eskimos when they want to catch when they want to catch the wolf, what they do is they take a double edged sword and they stick it in the in the snow and they cover it with blood, and the wolf catches the scent, catches the scent, catches the scent. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. Wolf be 30 miles away. Oh, I smell something. Lord have mercy. And it ain't food either. It smell real good. And, 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 And watch this. And the wolf start moving in. He start moving in. But he's cautious because he knows it could be a trap. Mortal body. Come on now, come on now, come on now. You you driving down 59. You going up 610. Free buffet? What? Y'all, y'all missed that. 59. Free buffet? Y'all know what y'all missed that. Catch that later. All you can eat? And you're in a struggle with your flesh. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? But but you gotta remember it's a two-edged sword. It's cut, it's camouflaged with what you like. It's glazed over. Come on, somebody. The scent is so strong as you approach it, and you're like, whoo! Should I stay or should I go? And the Eskimo, watch it. They, they sit there and they're watching. And they're waiting. But they know that a wolf is a creature of habit. The devil knows that we are creatures of habit. That's why we could be safe for a long time. A long, long time. And then all of a sudden, you get caught off guard because you stop praying. You ain't been in church a couple months. So you're definitely low. You ain't got no food in you. And then you go after it. And when the, when the wolf goes in and he grabs... Because they camouflage with an animal, right? And it's covered in blood. He cuts up his throat. And he lays right there dead. And that's exactly what Satan does to us. With this flesh. These habits that we have, saints, it's just to pull. So the last thing you got to do, you got to release Release anything, any lusts 
that is controlling you. Sin produces, lust produces sin. When lust is conceived, when it gives birth, see, this is the thing about lust. It's when sin is conceived, it's going through the whole process, right? It's, it's going through the process. But if it goes all the way to conception, at conception, life begins. Life begins at conception. I know about this pool. Amen. Just just the thought. Just you start thinking. And you drive it. And you drive past every trap house, weed house, whatever you want, whatever your flavor is. Purple, green, whatever it is. You know what I mean? You're like. <laughs> and you're getting around. You're trying to get around it, right? But But here's what pulls you into it. It's conceived. Now, what you have to learn to do is how to give it, how to perform an abortion. You have to abort the desire. Because when lust is conceived, it brings forth death. And the longer you lay In death, you'll never know that you're really alive laying with dead people. You start sleeping in coffins. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. You are alive. Why are you laying in the cemetery of life when he says you've been alive to God? It's not that you're a bad person. It's because your lust has overpowered you. And now you're sleeping with the dead. Lust is really pleasure. It's you wanting pleasure more than anything else. Look at who you obey. You were heading home. But then you didn't go home. <laughs> I see you, you ended up somewhere else. So who did you really obey? When you can't do what you want to do. I remember when I used to smoke. Man, I was like, man, I wouldn't go home. I would, I would listen. I, I'm like, man, how can when it's raining, I go smoke. When it's cold outside. Now, you know something got to be wrong when it's 20 degrees outside, okay? And you still got a light. And it's freezing. 
Every two hours, your flesh said, come on, let's go get it now. And for some of us, we're struggling with other things. Listen to this. You go to any cemetery and among the dead, you'll discover the living people who work there to take care of the grounds. These are living people operating among the dead. They are facilitating death, even though they're much alive. Unfortunately, today, too many Christians who are alive are living in the spiritual cemeteries of life. They are living among the dead of all the things the Bible promises. Very few of them are very real to these people because they find it difficult to get out of the graveyard of their circumstances. The only way you're going to break this habit or habits is to recognize who you are in Christ. Renew your relationship. Have that rebirth. Resist sin. Resist it. And then release the lust. Release it. Do you know how many people get caught up now, let, now I'm going to say in pornography? Porn is a big thing in church. If, if, if the porn industry only knew, they would just open something next door. Now, you know, I'm going to say it. Because we hide in our sins. You got preachers. You got parishioners. You got, yeah, we got leaders. We got people just caught up in porn. So easy to get to. Just type in sex in Google and see what you come up with. But see, some of us, we got a pool. It may be porn for you. It may be something else. But here's the thing. Unless you're willing to bring it under the microscope of Jesus, the light. And say, God, I want to be set free from whatever it is that's mastering me. 